Hello, and welcome to About This Writing Thing, a weekly podcast about living the writing life. I'm your host, Sayward B. Eller, novelist, short story writer, and podcaster. This week, I'm talking about dramatic punctuation, specifically exclamation points and ellipses. You should know now that I am the queen of the ellipses. First, I want to let you know I'm still taking clients for my critique and editing services. You can visit saywordbeeller.com to take a look at my testimonials and send me a message to schedule, or you can head over to fiverr.com forward slash saybeeller to sign up for one of my gigs. Also, I'm asking you what you want to talk about in 2021. I have several topics lined up for the remainder of this year and into the first of next year, but I'd like to know what you'd like to hear about. This can't be all about me all the time, right? If you follow me or about this writing thing on Instagram, just send me a PM or send me an email at sayword at saywordbeeller.com. This is all going to be in the description. (laughs) Now, let's talk dramatics. We've all heard Elmore Leonard's writing advice that we shouldn't use more than two to three exclamation points per 100,000 words in a novel. Since my novels are typically 80 to 90,000 words, That means I should only use two in the entire book. Thankfully, this isn't the case. Not even Leonard followed this rule according to Ben Blatt's 2017 article in The Atlantic that I will link in the description box below. But I get the sentiment and I constantly pass it on to new and even seasoned writers. Too many exclamation points in your narrative are distracting and overwhelming. Period. As your trusted, I hope, writing guru, Can I call myself a guru? I scoured the internet to find a few sources on using exclamation points in fiction writing. Turns out I didn't really need to because at this point in my career, I knew full well why I shouldn't use them often. I mean, who wants their readers to feel like they're being yelled at constantly? No one is that dramatic. Am I right? The Write Good Books blog featured a post in 2017 that had four points about using too many exclamation points in fiction. The first one, it's a sign of weak writing. Now, the rule of thumb is that the actions of your character or characters, along with their dialogue, should show the reader the height of emotion without the use of exclamation points. However, if you must use them for crying out loud, don't say he or she exclaimed or shouted or yelled after the dialogue. We know they're shouting, screaming, or yelling because you've used an exclamation point. Don't be redundant. Their second reason, your characters are not shouting all the time. Are they? I read a submission recently that had so many exclamation points in a half-page conversation that I was exhausted by the time the conversation had concluded. I know we get excited in conversation. I know sometimes we have very heightened passages of dialogue in reality. Personally, I think it's fine to have that one very dramatic scene, but that's the only one you get. Use it like it's your final lifeline and a million dollars is at stake. In other words, use it very carefully and only if it's absolutely necessary. The third point, it makes everything seem rushed when you use too many exclamation points. Remember that ending scene in the movie Clue? If you haven't watched it, stop right now and go watch it. But make sure you watch the version with the three endings. You can't get the full effect otherwise. Did you watch it? Okay, so 
When Wadsworth is running around like mad with the rest of the group and they're trying to piece together what happened, that's what using too many exclamation points is like in writing. Yes, it's fun for that 10 minutes on screen, but in a short story or novel, it's tedious and exhausting. You're constantly out of sorts because the characters are out of sorts. The fourth and final point, it takes the reader out of the story. Think about the last time you read a novel with too many exclamation points. When I was studying history, I used to read a lot of texts from the 19th century. Heads up, they loved exclamation points. They were used for effect and to highlight things and to really just drive the readers into a frenzy. Okay, I'm assuming the last one. We're not 19th century readers. We don't need all those exclamation points to clue us in on the importance of something or to let us know that something crazy or amazing is happening. That's what the action in your narrative is for. I tend to agree with Pro Writing Aid that it's better for your readers and your reputation to use amazing word choices to entice your readers and get them excited. Personally, I don't like to see more than three exclamation points per 10 chapters. Of course, I also know that people actually roll their eyes in real life, so my characters roll their eyes. <laughs> that action is used as sparingly as exclamation points. Or should be. Nobody's perfect though, so if you go through some of my stories and see a lot of eye rolling, don't come at me. K.M. Wyland gives three examples of how writers shouldn't use exclamation points. The first, for emphasis. Again, this is something that went out of style in 1900. Don't do it. For hilarity. F. Scott Fitzgerald famously said, an exclamation point is like laughing at your own joke. If you have to slap your knee and cackle while looking at everyone else around the room expecting them to get it, you probably shouldn't tell the joke. Same thing with exclamation points. You can think it's the most clever thing you've ever typed or written, but you have to leave it up to the reader to get the context from the narrative and dialogue. Don't keep shoving their shoulder going, huh, huh, that's just not working. And the third is for excitement. I read The Lady Lieutenant, a book published in 1862 about a woman who dresses as a man and goes to war. She has grand adventures that overly romanticize war and a woman's place in it. I'm speaking in 19th century jargon here. In the text, the author Richard Hooker Wilmer uses exclamation points often to show readers how exciting the action in a scene is. It's a quick read and an important text for the social historian studying perceptions and portrayals of women in the 19th century, but by today's standards, it sinks. As mentioned before, nowadays, your narrative should do the work that the once popular exclamation point did. It is your responsibility as author to find and use exciting words in well-constructed sentences that show your readers how exciting a passage is. Never rely on punctuation to do what you should be doing. As with everything else in writing, use exclamation points with purpose and only if they're absolutely necessary. Other forms of dramatic punctuation are ellipses and italics. I am guilty of both. As I self-edited my first novel, I realized I was the queen of the ellipses. I had at least six instances of them on each page. Each page. It was a 100,000 word book. I used mine for conversations that fell away or for characters whose minds wandered in thought. It was exhausting as I read back through because everyone was pausing. Everyone's conversations were falling away. It was ridiculous. <laughs> the ellipses historical use is to convey that something is missing. 
These missing elements could be words, thoughts, or even feelings. C.S. Lakin stated two uses for them to indicate trailing, faltering, or interrupted speech, which is the most common use for fiction writers, and to indicate that text is missing or omitted from a quotation. Now, I still use the ellipses, but after identifying that they're a real problem for me, I became hypervigilant of them and now use them sparingly. However, as is apt to happen to us beautiful and complicated people, I have now taken to relying too much on another dramatic writing tool, the italics. In my writing, I italicize words for emphasis as well as internal thoughts, past conversations, and dreams. These latter three aren't much of a problem because I don't use them as often as I do italics for emphasis. My characters tend to be very snarky, so the snarky parts of their speech are often italicized. A few terms ago in my MFA program, I had a professor say, don't rely so much on italics, which made me become hypervigilant of how much I use italics. And she was right. I rely on italics for a lot of things. According to some writers, this is a sign of lazy or weak writing. I don't like to say that someone is a lazy writer, but the truth of the matter is that sometimes we are lazy. I don't feel like I'm being lazy when I use these tools, but when I go back through to edit my second and third drafts, I almost always have at least four, I tend to weed out some of the emphasized text by strengthening the narrative around it. But this gets me thinking that perhaps, for me at least, it isn't a sign of lazy writing as much as it is a sign of this is my first draft. I'm trying to get through it. So these are the mistakes that I make. If they make it to the final draft in abundance, that might be lazy writing. <laughs> The truth of the matter is that everything discussed today has its place in writing. Sometimes we are dramatic. Sometimes our characters are dramatic. That isn't the problem. If nothing else, those instances of dramatics makes the prose more realistic. Hubby and I just finished watching Evil on Netflix, and the main character, Kristen, has four daughters. In every scene these girls are in, it's a whirlwind of movement and talking. It's loud. It's overwhelming. Each girl wants to be heard over the other. It does become overwhelming, but it's so realistic. I only had three children and sometimes I had to step away because it was too much. So no one is saying never use exclamation points, never use ellipses, never use italics. But when you do use them, do it with a purpose and make sure that you don't do it so much that your readers want to throw the book across the room. That's what we're really going for, right? <laughs> okay, that's it for this week. If you enjoyed this episode, please give me a thumbs up or a like and subscribe. I would be ever so grateful if you would share about this writing thing with your writing friends. Who knows? Maybe they'll be my friends too. We can never have too many writing pals. If you want to know what I'm doing between shows, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Eller. You can also find this podcast on Instagram about this writing thing and on Twitter at writingthingpod. If you're interested in critique or editing services, you can find me on Fiverr or you can go to my website to read my testimonials and schedule a consult. My email newsletter goes out on the first day of every month. If you haven't signed up yet and you'd like to, visit my website and click on the subscribe box at the top of the screen. Thanks for hanging out with me. Take care and happy writing!